0: And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we mourn the end of October.
1: What a tragedy. It's not fair. It's not right.
0: What a disappointment. I know every year it comes, and I know it's not going to be here all year. Like, I know it'll only last a month, but it's still so sad and so disappointing when the month ends.
1: Mm-hmm. It truly is. because. Spooky season is one of those times where people really show up and show out, and it's always so nice to see. Like, I love yeah. seeing all the costumes, the decorations, just that festive Halloween spirit for an entire month. And then you blink, and suddenly there's Christmas stuff everywhere, and you're like, well, damn. Yeah.
0: And now it's November. And also, I think because Halloween always occurs on the final day of the month you have this whole month where you're building up to that day and then not only is halloween over at the end of that day but october is over so it's just a double whammy just a one-two punch right in the face and it still stings like it it still stings this many years in i thought when i was an adult it would hurt less but it doesn't
1: truly yeah it's it's really unfortunate to have to crawl back into our tombs again, yeah. and then hibernate till next year. But yeah, it is what it is.
0: And the good news is, we are bringing you spooky content all year long. So, you know, can't stop, won't stop the homies content. Uh, mm-hmm. We are keeping it up, keeping the horror love alive. And so now we are just entering our. Our realm of, uh, kind of doing like autumnal scary movies, still sort of, kinda. Ish. Uh, I ish. feel like we
1: just we we starting to slip away from our Halloween vibes uh, into our witchy vibes. That's kind of it's kind of the direction I feel like we're currently going.
0: Okay, I like it. I like that. So. <laughs> we are today are covering a movie that was recommended to us in our discord a while ago. And it is a movie that neither one of us had seen, but I know for me, I when it came out, because it came out last year, and when it came out, I was interested in it. And then it kind of just like slipped under the radar mm-hmm. for me. Um, but it was alerted to us that it is now on Hulu and i couldn't resist i i truly couldn't and it felt like i knew i knew very little about this movie going into it i think i had maybe seen like a teaser trailer for it or something yeah um or maybe i just saw the promotional poster and just read the synopsis i don't know but it it felt to me a very fall appropriate horror film so yeah so we thought it would be a fun one for our november 1st episode because this is the first of november what the heck um (laughs) (laughs) well when this episode comes out it'll be the first of november but uh today we are going to be talking about the movie spell spell
1: spell on you and now you're mine
0: I was like, "When's it? When's the song gonna play?" And you know what? You don't have to wait very long before the song makes an appearance in this movie.
1: It's <laughs> very true. It's like there's no way they go the entire length of this movie no. without playing that song. No way,
0: absolutely not. And they knew, and they were like, you know, we'll throw it at you guys like five minutes in. Uh, we'll give you a little taste, and then we won't talk about it for the rest of the movie because right, just, <laughs> it's, it's irrelevant. <laughs>
1: But you know it's cool with me because that song is straight fire. I love that song.
0: It's a bop. Um, I wish that the original of it is like is very very good. Of course, the Winifred Sanderson cover in Hocus Pocus, truly a vibe. Um, I wish that we, every year I want an like a new cover of that song to come out.
1: Oh, that'd be so nice
0: it doesn't happen or maybe it does and i just like don't know but if i would like it to be an event every single october we nominate an artist and they have to make a cover of that song when i say we i say i mean we the people we the horror people (laughs) nominate an artist (laughs) to cover the song
1: (laughs) and then control them via witchcraft against their will to make sure that it happens
0: yes That's the the
1: only that's the only plausible way to do that and uh, the only appropriate way truly
0: and they have to dress up in a witch's costume and they have to perform it and in some type of music video-esque style.
1: (laughs) What is this fan fiction we are currently conjuring up right now?
0: (laughs) I don't know and I don't know why for some reason I'm imagining bryson tiller doing a cover of <laughs> of that song with the witch's hat
1: on. oh my god that would actually be pretty fantastic i cannot lie
0: yeah i would like it i would like for that to happen uh we'll talk about it we'll figure something out try and get this in the works for next year yeah, for somebody, you
1: guys. somebody get that trending maybe, maybe it'll work who knows
0: without further ado shall we shall we clue the homies into the plot of this
1: one? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, homies. We are entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But like we said, we are talking about the movie Spell that came out in 2020. This one was directed by Mark Tendari, written by Kurt Wimmer, starring Omari Hardwick as Marcus T. Woods and Loretta
2: Devine as Miss Eloise. Marcus Woods has it all. A gorgeous home, a well-paying job, and a beautiful family that he loves dearly. But when Marcus receives a call that his estranged father has passed away, he flies his family in a private plane to attend the funeral. However, when the family is caught in a violent storm Marcus finds himself awake and injured in a strange rural home with an old couple that seem to have no intention of letting him leave. Insert Creepy Voodoo Dolls, Crafty Grandmas, and Mystery Meat Soup here our film concludes with Marcus fighting against forces he doesn't understand and risking it all to save his family and himself. Also, he can see clearly now he's got goat eyes. Roll credits.
0: (laughs) Oh, when he when he did the the pivot <laughs> the, the go, I was the go eyes oh i was wheezing he looked like the <laughs> he looked like the villain at the end of who framed roger rabbit
2: oh no with the with the eyes
1: with all the eyes out. bulging oh, out oh god
0: oh not this i said and he has 20/20 that's not fair <laughs> that's not fair perfect
1: vision no 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 not that that's disrespectful to all us glasses wearers <laughs> out there
0: <laughs> Oh, that did get me. That did get me. <laughs> 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 oh man. Okay, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I am dying to know, Roshane. What's up? What is in your notebook?
1: All right. Uh, okay, the first note that I got here is Amari. You didn't have to do my masculinity like that, my guy. That was that was messed up. Homeboy entered this movie ripped jacked Mm. just nice house nice family i have never felt so demasculated in the first five minutes of of a movie than i did in this one i was i couldn't believe the disrespect
0: Uh the (laughs) the skin was popping the muscles were muscling in the way that they were meant to perform and yeah he
1: had the facial hair crispy Mm -hmm. like all the edges laid. were done. I was like this is this is not fair. This is not fair to all of the black men
0: mm. across the
1: entire globe.
0: He did look I I was like let me paint you. Let me paint this picture. <laughs> let
2: me paint you. <laughs> the,
0: this is this is hitting in a correct in a correct way for me. <laughs> um but yeah, he he has he's living a very ideal um ideal lifestyle however we are clued into the fact that this he has really clawed his way up from mm-hmm. a horrible childhood that he is now trying to suppress not only to himself but to those around him and yeah i also took note of I wrote he has a specific set of skills because he <laughs> he immediately uses his lock picking he uses a pen to pick the door mm-hmm. and and get his wife out
1: out of a their mouth. own room I guess mm-hmm. I wonder how often that happens I can't imagine that's the first time that she's gotten really? locked in that room right
0: I don't know it kind of felt like the first time okay. but and also but also as was she in the bathroom?
1: I wasn't sure what room it was, but we know that people with money got rooms that they don't use for nothing. For they nothing. just have them just for show.
0: Just a drawing room. For no reason. Sitting room, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I was... Yeah, she's, she's like locked in this room and... He kind of plays it. I was, I'm not going to lie, at the beginning, I was very, very confused about their relationship. And immediately I thought, oh, I don't like him. Because the way, because he's playing it off as if, Oh, it's it doesn't really matter that you're locked in there. She's freaking out, but it, we come to realize that he is just playing around, and that's just kind of the kind the relationship that they have is a very playful, joking, almost sarcastic relationship. Mm-hmm. So but he I'm,
1: plays it really, really well. Like um, you- he
0: was acting for his life. i mm-hmm. um, yeah, he was playing it very straight, and I, I was. Uh, have me yeah. confused. I was confused. Truly. The, the body, the body, didn't match with the personality, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I hate this. I hate this for him." But no, nah, he's he's cool. He's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. And also, like, I was, I was racking my brain as the movie started because he was like, "Man, he, I know I've seen him before. Like, he looks so familiar." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Where did I watch recently that he was in?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, he was Vanderhoe in and uh, Army of the Dead."
0: You're right. I didn't know. I I, I didn't make that connection either until you said that.
1: The only reason is because it was racking my brain so hard when, like, as I watched a movie that, like, mid watching, I just had to hop on his IMDb. It's like, where else have I seen you? And I saw that. I was like, oh, yeah. That's where I've seen that chiseled chin before.
0: For reals? Wow. Mmm. You're right. I didn't even. I did not clock that at all. I did not put two and two. Two and two did not make four for me <laughs> with that. But yeah, you're right. Okay, so in that case, this is the second Omari movie we have covered <laughs> uh, on the podcast. I did not realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, well,
1: I mean, this is the this is the one where we really get to see him though. Like this is more like right. his movie as opposed to being like an auxiliary character mm-hmm. in army
0: because not only is he the main character of this movie but this movie is really his and Loretta Divines because mm-hmm. we are focusing on a plot line that is uh, has been compared to misery ri- rightfully so because you know i think misery really is the the helm that you the movie that you think of when you think of a man is being held captive in a room by a woman who has some kind of a connection to him. Um, and so that connection gets made. But as a result of that kind of a plot, the captor and the captive are are it this movie hinges on them because mm-hmm. if you don't vibe or you don't care or you don't believe either one of them, there's not a lot of other characters that you can hope to find some kind of a connection with. And so they really have to lead this movie and bear the weight of this movie on their backs. Mm -hmm. And I really, really enjoyed their performances. I I thought that they were great. I loved the scenes where it was the two of them bouncing off of each other. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that, I will say, is because I just love... I love me some Loretta. I just... Yeah,
1: Loretta uh, killed it in this one, in my opinion.
0: Oh, my gosh. I just love... Her voice is like... uh, It's like iced tea on a hot day. It's just so, like, cooling. You're right. I love her voice. And there's something about her that's so motherly and maternal to me. She just makes me feel safe. So I really enjoyed seeing her in a role like this because... I want to trust her everything within my body is screaming for me to trust her even Mm -hmm. though I know she is not to be trusted in this movie but even in the end I said no not no not Loretta (laughs) in my my head I was like maybe you can work this out like maybe you guys can come (laughs) to an agreement (laughs) because I didn't want her I didn't want him I mean I wanted him to win but not over over her
1: yeah, it really is a back and forth. And I think they do a decent job in hiding the characters intentions for like a solid period of time, you know, where once you get where the story is going, clearly the characters all play a role within this, um, you know, misery tribute. However, uh, for the first half of the movie, it's kind of. It's kind of up in the air what direction we're going in, right? Like, even with base knowledge of this movie, I at least I knew that, like, voodoo was involved in some way, shape, or form, and that these two characters would meet for whatever reason. And so when we get the first half where we're getting a bit of the backstory of Marcus's life and his family and, like, learning all these things, um, I will say I absolutely hated seeing him at work, but the, the watching the transition from like his everyday life into his captivity was for me, such a stark difference, um, that it actually, it it really did jar me, even though I knew it was coming, it was still very jarring to me the moment we find him waking up in this new location, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But um, before getting there, we do get, like, a little bit of time with his family, which was kind of surprising because I thought that his family would be in more of the movie. I yeah. I I like, I really truly did. Like, I didn't... For whatever reason, I didn't realize that it was mostly going to be him. Like, I knew that Loretta Devine would be playing a character that we would see as, like, our main antagonist in a way. But, mm-hmm. like, I assumed that the rest of the family would take more of a, a front seat in this movie. So I was kind of surprised at the fact that it was just um Marcus by himself.
0: Gotcha. See I was the opposite. I okay. knew I knew he, his family would become kind of non-existent after mm. the inciting incident. So I didn't get too latched onto them. And and not to say I, I disliked them in any way. I I, I do think that i enjoyed the wife character Mm -hmm. the most out of the family um but i i do appreciate the underlying story and the issues that they bring up within this family but going back to what you said i think this movie is such a mystery like i think that's one way that it does differ a lot from other like from misery for instance is that this movie really is a mystery because loretta devine's character eloise you really don't know what she wants because as far as we know she has no prior connection to um to mark like they don't know each other in any way. And so, you half of the movie is spent just trying. You're along on the ride with him, of just trying to figure out what's going on here and what do they want. And that was another th- reason that I had a feeling his family wasn't going to be around, was because I was thinking, okay, either his family is going to die. Mm -hmm. or we're going to spend the, like, and his family's going to die, and we're going to know it's going to be an accepted fact, Mm -hmm. or he's going to spend the movie trying to figure out if his family is dead or not, which is what ends up happening, is we're never quite sure which way.
1: Yeah, It's very ambiguous what actually happens to his family once they get caught in the storm, and I did like that the story plays around with that, Uh, in terms of, like, leading you one way into believing that the family is, like, completely dead and then giving you signs that the family may or may not actually still be alive. I did like the tug of of war there of, like, are they alive? Are they not alive? Um, Mm -hmm. That, for me, was fun, and I think that aided in the overall tension of Marcus's situation. Um, And I did like that I think they did a good job of crafting a pretty modern family for the lifestyle that they live, you know
3: mm-hmm.
1: Like I believed their family dynamic the kids seemed like the kind of kids that would be that would um, Be a product of their upbringing, you know, like their sensibilities the way they acted. It seemed very truthful to me um I think my My slight issue with the family is just the fact that we do lose them so quickly I feel like we don't get enough time to connect with them
3: and care. completely. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that, that was a little bit of a disappointment because even when we get towards the end where, you know, they start reappearing and whatnot, it feels almost like it didn't really hit because at some point, whether or not they were dead didn't matter because Marcus was the only person that you really got any real time with
0: right and i think that's where the kids for me are feel a little bit more expendable not Mm -hmm. that i want anything to happen to them but particularly for them and and especially for the daughter i just don't know anything about them and she didn't really (laughs) have a
1: lot to work off of
0: because the son i will say they they gave him more to do than Mm -hmm. than the daughter and so i almost forgot sometimes that he had two kids once they were gone if they didn't keep being you know brought up i don't know that i would really be too focused on them Mm -hmm. I, i especially as as the events keep keep pushing on i'm just worried about him and what he's trying to do to get himself out of the situation that he's currently in. Yeah. And I do, like I mentioned earlier, I do really love, though, the, the idea that they kind of bring up within this film of he is so focused on putting his past behind him and kind of erasing these ideals that society may have about Black people, particularly violence and rage. He's very, very... Opposed to he he thinks that that is a stereotype put upon black men in particular that he's very very careful to Distance himself from and um that is part that is Partially because of his fa- his abusive father who mm-hmm. we continually get flashbacks towards um, throughout the movie and I do like that him and Viora have these arguments where v- Viora because he is trying to put his like quote unquote country lifestyle and like you know he wants to be seen a certain way in society and he they do live a certain way now Viora is upset because she feels like he is turning their children into stuck up rich kids who have no idea about how different people live and look down upon people who don't live the same lifestyle as them and that they need to be disciplined more and that he needs to find other ways to teach them to like interact in society that aren't just oh just be appeasing to everybody just be a people pleaser kind of a thing and then Mm -hmm. he is his mindset is no i've i've given them a life i was never afforded and i want them to revel in that i want them to like celebrate within that and this idea of like both of those things don't have to be mutually exclusive like they can exist at the same time mm-hmm. and just how like you don't have to completely erase your identity and your culture to be who you are now like your past can still be part of your present and that is okay
1: to me i thought they were trying to tackle a very poignant um conversation and one of my notes was that i i really felt like this black on black strife uh hit a little differently and i wasn't sure why it just made me really uncomfortable I realized in that first half of the movie, like seeing once they're, they leave the city and they go back into the country and like their interactions with all of these people, there was something about just watching black people just kind of stank eyeing each other and not trusting each other. That really hit home for me as a black person. I was like, Oh, this feels strange. This feels so foreign. I don't like this feeling because i think one of the things that is attributed a lot of times to black people and black culture is like this sense of unity right like we're all in this together like we're working through this stuff as a unit right and so to see this split which does exist in real life especially when wage gaps and like different lifestyles um butt heads and come clashing um it feels really poignant in those moments where uh, Marcus's family is interacting with these people who are in the country, and these the the people who are in the country clearly have issues with Marcus's family as well. Like it's not just like a one sided uh, conflict. It feels like it's this kind of unspoken vibe between both of them especially like when we get the scene between his son and then the one uh like fisherman kid like mm-hmm. you could really feel the tension there of just like these two lifestyles clashing
0: yeah well and also Mar- marcus Mar- marcus pulls into the gas station with his plane with his like he's plane. like he's pulling in with his honda mm-hmm. to get some gas i said I wrote <laughs> i didn't know you could do that <laughs>
1: i wrote imagine casually rolling up to a gas station in a fucking airplane can- like the privilege of this man
0: <laughs> can you imagine just scooting in on the airstrip and pulling right up to a gas pump And then just popping into the gas station.
1: (laughs) But it's like shit like that, I feel like, is what stirs up that tension, right? Where it's like, now you have these people um, who are looking at Marcus and his family being like, oh, they think they're better than us coming in here, landing their plane Mm -hmm. at our gas station just because they can. And like, that sort of animosity starts building and that... that, that's like an undertone for basically the entire movie, too. Of this I- idea that um, Marcus and his family, who come from the city, who now come from money and all this stuff, they've forgotten about their own people. And like they think that they're the superior ones. And the people who are living in the country are, it, it seems like they're very set on the idea of setting them straight and showing them that they're not better than them just because they have different privileges and things that they don't have out there in the country.
0: Well, and the thing about it, though, too, is... not Because the, the you can definitely tell the people, like the gas station attendant and the fisherman kid, do have these, like, you know, these percept... They already perceive them a certain way, and they're already kind of looking at them sideways. But something that I always notice about these movies that always happens is when you have this trope of the the family or the kids from the city come into the country and they like stop at a gas station what kind of goal do you have to have (laughs) to go into a gas station in a town or go anywhere in a town and immediately start being condescending to the people that that like you know live there or that Mm -hmm. is their life i always have noticed that and i and i think that is you know a real thing that happens, so i know it's not weird to me that that happens in movies but then they always act so surprised when <laughs> the people kind of push back and are kind of not as kind as they maybe could be because mm-hmm. even in this one marcus goes in and kind of sneers at the gas station attendant for for making what he calls a mojo bag Mm -hmm. which is supposed to be like a good good luck and protection and then he kind of makes fun at the fact that they have an outhouse and um and then of course with uh what's with ty outside with the kid he he questions if the kid's gonna steal his phone and Mm -hmm. but even yeah that i think they're kind of um interaction much more so than uh the one inside of the gas station ty and the other kids interaction i think really shows that because the fisherman kid immediately is trying is asking ty all these questions about how much money he makes what what he does like why he's there just like giving him these 20 questions and you can see really trying to size him up. And then at the same time, Ty is questioning this kid's motives and kind of feeling like maybe this kid is going to steal from him or try and and hurt him in some way.
1: But that's why I think it's like such a good element to add to this movie because that's something that's so real. Like it truly is. There's... And I think you can really, if you put a magnifying glass on the black community, you can definitely see that too, is um, when you get two different, um, when you get people from two different walks of life, right? People who may have gotten um, a better start and have more things as opposed to people who are living off the means that they have and are perfectly adequate with their lives and very happy in the lives that they're living. But like even if you go to like a, a, a suburb in the states right and like you you go to the kids that live in maybe like the poor areas and then like the rich kids that live in one area like just the wage difference alone and just the standard of living i think is like a big it's a big factor in terms of breeding this kind of weird animosity between the two people and so it was like it was just one of those things that like there was something about Having to sit and watch it happen within like your own community that um, for me was just kind of, I don't know, it, it rubbed me the wrong way. It truly did. I was like, damn, why are we fighting, y'all? Why can't we just, why can't we just work together and we yeah. live in harmony, man? It,
0: it's hard to, it is definitely, it's hard to watch, especially because I do think Viora really has a point. And I love the interaction with her and Ty, um where she overhears what he says overhears Mm -hmm. him calling that that guy country ass Mm -hmm. and she gets upset and i feel like she really does have a point is that it's so important for people to experience all kinds of walks of life and like mark is sheltering them so much like yeah. I, I feel like they didn't even know he was from Kentucky. They're like, mm-hmm. I feel like they didn't know anything about him. No, prior why, why, to, to why his would he tell them that? Because yeah. that, that's
1: not prevalent to the life he's trying to live to right the now. they're like,
0: they're living, and
1: he wants to live a life of affluence, and that has nothing to do with his past. Um, you know, hanging out in Kentucky with his shitbag for a dad. Ab- you know, he's his, like,
0: yeah, his abusive hoodoo dad. Oh, and also, so because in this movie they they use hoodoo and so and i was interested in the difference between hoodoo and voodoo and so i looked it up and voodoo both so both of them are um mixed beliefs that include pagan traditions ancient worship and elements of european religions and both of them have similar elements and roots in africa but voodoo is actually an existing religion practiced by people and hoodoo is considered folk magic so, oh, I did hood, not know that. Yeah, so hoodoo is, is what they are using in this film and the practice that they are, especially that Eloise is using within this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, you would have to, the fact that these kids are lounging in that plane. Like, this is an everyday occurrence. Like, my man takes him to school in that plane. (laughs) You don't know. No. I mean, I guess if I I grew up flying in a personal plane all the time, maybe that wouldn't be so scary. But, yeah, they were so... So casual. Yeah, these kids, (laughs) these kids were bougie.
1: These kids were bougie. There's, there's no, there's no way around them. These were some bougie kids. They
0: were turning on the radio like it was nothing, just chit chatting, hanging out. But needless to say, everything goes wrong. And Mm -hmm. so yeah, and and then the rest of it is really just. the mystery of what is going on on. (laughs) yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) which i thought that they had in my opinion pretty good pacing for how they trickled in what was happening and like the reveals along the way in the plot line of like what miss eloise was up to and Mm -hmm. why he was there Mm -hmm. um i personally felt like I feel like every time uh, Marcus learned something new, like he got another clue, was uh, was a good length of time between the last clue, you know, where it's like yeah. everything seemed pretty organic for me in terms of the speed at which he was figuring out what was going on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it had pretty good pacing. I do. So one thing I noticed is the beginning of this movie from until he wakes up in the bed the way that it was shot it 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 reminded me of like an indie coming of age drama the way that the shots were set up Mm -hmm. and the lighting of it and the the dialogue it it felt like it could almost lead into a different movie and then as soon as he wakes up i feel like it shot more horror like the, the style that they use reminds me much more of a horror film, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was was interesting. And I definitely preferred the shooting style once we got to him being at Eloise's. Um, but I like the, the pacing of everything. I like the speed at which things happen. The ending, there start to become parts that feel rushed to me towards the end.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um like it 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 almost feels like we're missing moments. There's so there's that part later on where all of all three of them leave, Alice, Eloise and Earl leave the farm mm-hmm. and they leave him by himself and he's running around, you know, trying to figure things out. It took me a minute to realize that they had left i i think it was because he had just snuck out and just come back and then they left and then he just snuck out again and and it felt like the pacing of that was was off to me and then there's the part after he calls the police officer and he is waiting for the police officer to come and and eloise runs up and starts to do all that thing to him using mm-hmm. his, his boogity. That whole thing felt really fast too. Like there were just moments like that where, it, yeah, it, it where things start to move surprise. really, really quickly.
1: I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. There, there, there definitely were some moments like that where it almost felt like we were slightly going in fast forward because mm-hmm. they were trying to like fit a lot of stuff into a small period of time. And there were a couple. Questionable, like time jumps too, in terms of just like short periods of time, like especially when we get into some of the escape attempts that Marcus makes throughout the film. Um, which I liked some of the escapes more than others, you know. Uh, his first time trying to escape, I was really kind of rolling my eyes in terms of like my guy, it is storming rain outside, (laughs) like, I understand that. You're in this weird situation. You're trying to find your... Like, I know there's a lot going on that makes you want to leave right the fuck now. Mm-hmm. I get it. I I honestly get that urgency. But you have one foot, my guy, <laughs> and you are walking out onto a drenched rooftop. Roof. And slanted sca-
0: as fuck.
1: Slanted as fuck and scaling this shit like you're fucking Spider-Man right now. Mm-hmm. And the whole time... <laughs> Miles
0: Morales, my ass. <laughs> right, I
1: <was> like... <laughs> Yo, you need to chill out on your Miles Morales right now because you do not have the capacity to be doing the stuff that you're doing. Um, yeah. And it was just when it. I think what's kind of weird, right, are is there sometimes what because a lot of his escapes are he escapes, but then he comes back because he doesn't want to be found. He doesn't want it to be found out. That he escaped or that he could escape like he wanted to keep that a secret And I think there were times where it worked a lot better than other times Mm -hmm. I think the first time he does it was like one of the worst offenses for me uh because of the fact that he Not only did all that in the rain with his injured foot and whatnot, but then Even knowing that he had to go back into his room, right? He just like goes back and, like, lays in bed like he's not soaked to the absolute bone.
0: Absolutely drenched.
1: He leaves He leaves the fucking window open. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I has mean... the nerve to be, like, when she asked, did you go outside? While the water is dripping from his face, being like, oh, no, no, of course not. I was just getting nah. some air.
0: Like, nah, my God. Yeah. It's just a little stuffy in here. It's like, bro, it, but it's storming outside. Like, why would you open the window? Why would you open the window mm-hmm. <laughs> right now? Yeah, I thought that too, because I-, I think their mistake, as much as I love that moment with the goat eyes and him and him looking up and and alerting them that he's on the roof. Earl,
3: get those goats' eyes and bring them here to me. Uh-huh. Lift your head, but That's good, Julius. You want to see. You want to see. Now tell us, Julius.
1: Tell us what you see. What you see, Julius. What you see.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: as much as i love that i don't particularly love that they that because that happened it had to lead into a oh i gotta beat them back to the room because it just doesn't make sense it does not make sense in this moment yeah, I, at that I, point
1: I, just you wouldn't you just go for the escape then like yeah, you're already out you may as well already
0: outside because i sweat and rain don't look the same you cannot you cannot convince me that you can pass rain off as oh I'm super sweaty and and I guess that it's implied that Eloise doesn't believe him you know I I, th- I don't think she really nah, she, she she knew about the escape but if he is pulling on the fact that he is going to be believable and that he is going to be able to convince her that he has been in bed this entire time dude, you can't. You yeah. simply cannot. Like, yeah, yeah, I would just take the L, try and escape, and I. so that one didn't actually bother me too, too much in the grand scheme of things. I actually dislike I think it's the next escape. Because where- he escapes,
1: I think he escapes three times in total, right? Like, full-on yeah. escapes. He escapes once when he's in the rain. Mm-hmm. The second time where he gets tackled.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: and then the third time when they leave and then he comes back in right and
0: come, well And then the fourth time when, when he gets caught with when a, he gets by, by the cop. Yeah, yeah. yeah caught by the cop so yes, yeah, so what's the second time that I? Uh, it was I I don't know. I know they needed that because They wanted him to find the plane
3: wreckage mm-hmm.
0: and they do that fake out of oh, there's a house is he gonna make it and then he doesn't but I just didn't really think it was necessary. The, the timing of that one also felt a little off because he's in the house and it's daytime. And then when she discovers he's gone, it cuts to him outside and now it's nighttime. And mm-hmm. that's another thing where I'm like, okay, you're telling me... I, I, Adrenaline, I get it. But you're telling me that he can outrun Lewis in the woods <laughs> and he's made it this far. Big old Lewis. Big old Lewis. Uh, yeah, I... And I think because we have that and then he immediately escapes again right after it, it doesn't totally feel necessary mm-hmm. for me. You
1: want to you wanna know what I think feels odd about it is, for, in my opinion, I do think Marcus as a character gets more creative and smarter about like what he's trying to do in terms of escaping. I do think that Each time that he attempts to escape, he adds something else or like he takes something that he learned from his from the last attempt and brings Mm -hmm. it to this one. What felt odd is like it didn't feel like for most of the movie, like Miss Eloise was evolving at the Mm. same speed that he was, because clearly this man has gotten out of this room that y'all locked him in several times. (laughs) However, the security of keeping him in that room does not really upgrade at all. Like, they just put him back in the room, lock it the exact same way that they locked it when he just escaped from it, and then expect him to not escape again.
0: Especially because we find out that they need him. It's a necessity to have all of these bodies. And so... They really do need him to still be there by the time the blood moon comes around. At that point, I would have Lewis posted up in front of his door like a bouncer and Mm -hmm. just be chilling there (laughs) and waiting to see if he tries to make a great escape.
1: Yeah. Like if you're planning on killing this guy, like what's like outside of to make the yeah, outside of to make the movie interesting, like what's the point of this ruse? Like you've got him captive, you've got him injured and -hmm. you've got a man twice his size who can keep him in that bed. What do you need to even play this game with him for?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And then, and and I guess it's one of those things, because we come to find out that basically everybody surrounding the place is also in on it, but isn't that still kind of a chance that you take say that he doesn't stop for help and he just decides to run and say he doesn't go to the police and he just you know tries to make it work and he stumbles upon the one person who's not a part of this Mm -hmm. I don't know it just seems like you're playing fast and loose with a body that Earl apparently really really needs (laughs) but (laughs) you don't seem to be as concerned with Earl's body as you are with the rest of the family because as far as we can tell the rest of the family was subdued and down for the count yeah for the that, majority that, was, of the time. that was another
1: that was another a little bit of an inconsistency there right whereas like the whatever spells that miss eloise was using with her potions and powders and stuff it worked very very well on the family but mm-hmm. for whatever reason like it needed multiple applications to mark to Marcus. (laughs) Like he needed a booster shot for his fucking hoodoo magic while everybody else was one and done and like, nah, we're good
0: yeah his was like take three times a day and everybody else was she needed to blow in their face i guess once once every couple of days because yeah because it seems like he's there for like four-ish days four or Mm -hmm. five days um but we know the family is not in the house because he checks all of the rooms right and so i guess maybe they're being kept at someone else's place um
1: yeah, the, they say know. somewhere towards the end that they were, like, being kept at, like, another farmhouse nearby or something like oh, that. Oh,
0: right, the McFarland Farm. Yeah. McFarland the- Farm. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> what, what a
1: name. The McFarland Farm.
0: The McFarland Farm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. You, you're right. I, I did catch that, and I didn't realize they were talking about the family Mm
1: -hmm. at least i I, i'm pretty sure that's what they were talking about yeah
0: that no that that makes that makes sense um
1: i will now i will will give them this like we we've talked a little bit of cons here for a bit but one of the things that i did enjoy though is i felt very visceral moments of tension personally um mm -hmm. and some of the body horror stuff really got me that foot that nail in that foot yes that got me on a squeamish level I didn't know I still had this far into this podcast but my god watching him pull that nail out of his foot
0: I I second that. Um, oh
2: my goodness because
0: when he saw it when I that was a very clever moment for me because I it makes sense that they would that they gave him some type of injury so that if he did try to run, he would be at a disadvantage. So mm-hmm. that I thought was very, very smart. I was not expecting that. I thought that he really did hurt his his foot. I thought when he unwrapped that thing, I was thinking, oh my, he's going to have like gangrene or some kind of an infection. Mm-hmm. But no, it, um, it's a railroad spike. And the Whoa. thing about it, <laughs> the thing about it is when he's... I, when he starts to pull it out i feel like what is so rough about this moment is when he starts to pull it out you think in your head oh it's a nail so he's gonna be he's reaching the end of this and it just keeps Keeps going going. and going that bitch was all the way up to his neck (laughs) excuse me (laughs) (laughs) um what and he was running around with that and the pus that starts to come out it was a great it
1: it was a great touch i give it to him whoever whoever did that effect like i wasn't expecting it and anatomically you got it but fuck i did not want to see that
0: (laughs) bro and, and then there's that moment when you know he has to put it back in
1: right and I and I gave it to him too because oh, hold on where did I write here? I said um So like in my earlier notes, I was like kind of criticizing his escape Tactics right where I was like my guy. I don't know if you're going about this escape thing The proper way like I don't know how much you really want to get out of this place But then I backtracked on that statement later on where I was like, you know, Now that he's learned a bit, his commitment to this current ruse that he Mm -hmm. knows that he has to put that back in his foot and he's willing to do it to make sure that they don't know that he's been moving around. I was like, I got to give it to you because I don't think I'd have the heart. I'd I'd have to get revealed there. There's there's no fucking way that thing's going back in my foot.
0: Couldn't have been me. I would have just had to fight. I would have just had to try and take out Eloise. I would have to say, try and take out Eloise, take out Earl real quick. Mm -hmm. And then he was going to try
1: and. use the spike to fight them well that's um, what he
0: was gonna do until he heard that lewis was coming up with the axe
1: with the axe oh <laughs> yeah. yeah no that's true that's true lewis with an axe is a very big uh change in plans
0: <laughs> it's yeah it was it's very much like trying it's the way that lewis was moving and, he, and he was quick with it it'd be like fighting jason Voorhees, i feel like Mm -hmm. with an axe and so yeah he was ready to fight until he heard that and he said you know what i'm good (laughs) i will excuse myself from this battle (laughs) i don't think i'm quite ready for this and i you know what i get it because that probably would have had me spooked too but i do yeah i have to give it to him for committing and putting it back into his foot <laughs> and wrapping it once again, wrapping it back up just in the nick of time.
1: Just in time, yeah. You know, it is what it is with those uh, movie style timings, but we'll take it for the sake of yeah, um, increasing the tension.
0: Yeah, and for the fact that he had to do all that slickety quick because that <laughs> was a lot. But I do think that there are some great moments of tension in this movie and I like I said I love the interactions that he has with Eloise and I I, and even with them you get this idea of she has a lot of animosity towards him because she too believes that he thinks that he is better than her and she is very much a person who has shunned modern technology and like modern lifestyle and we come to find out that you know she's been alive since like the 1860s yeah so, um, it makes <laughs> so sense. yeah it, it adds up but she is definitely a person who um is doing what she thinks is right for her community and what she thinks is right for like she's really embracing what she feels like is right for her culture and her ancestors and those around her. And she is upset with this modern idealism and this city life that he is living. And then for him, you know, he really puts down what she believes in and puts down, um, the way that she lives her life which you know what i mean she is a murderer so like i'm not mad at him <laughs> that he did that right. but but we do still continue to see these opposing ideals that they both aren't willing to budge and see things from the other person's side of course it is only once he is once he embraces hoodoo and says you know what if we're going to play that game, then I'll play that game. It's only once he does that he is able to come out victorious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But,
1: but, like yeah, and, they have you some know, great moments. Th- yeah, there really are some great moments. And I really give it to uh, Loretta for the layered performance that I think she really gave in this. Mm-hmm. Um, where, although it is very clear that Miss Eloise does not like, like you said, is not a fan of this city slicker sort of lifestyle. Um, There's almost, for for a period of time, there's almost like a bit of sadness to her character towards Marcus for forgetting his roots, you know? And like, I don't know how much of that was um honest and how much of that was just to keep the ruse going of like the, oh, you just, all it is is like, you just don't, Remember where you're from like all of this is still in you. You've just suppressed it, you know Like you've locked it away, but like deep down in your heart Like you're still one of us like you it still exists within you And I and I thought that she did a great job of kind of sprinkling that in in between um crazy psycho i'm keeping you locked in my attic uh, but I think that, that add a nice extra layer to it, too because for a while Um, before we get the grand plan revealed of what they're going to do Mm -hmm. to him, I feel like it is a little bit ambiguous of, like, what are their intentions with him? Like, is, is the Blood Moon going to be used to sacrifice him? Are they going to, like, tap into his hoodoo powers using the Blood Moon? Like, is he some, like, ancestral beacon for them? Like, I think some of that is left very much unclear for a while there where it's like I couldn't tell if he was being prepped to be a victim or, like, if we're going hereditary style, where it's like, no, he's going to be their, like, champion savior or something like Mm. that. Um, And a a lot of that for me comes from the flashbacks with his dad, Mm -hmm. which for me, unfortunately, although I liked that there was that nuance, I felt like the whole dad thing ended up being lost in translation. Because unless there was something that I missed, it just didn't feel like the dad really played an actual role in the grand scheme of things, other than he was just a bad part of Marcus's past. Or was there was there more nuance there, or did is was it something that I missed?
0: So, yeah, no, I actually agree with you because I, the whole time was thinking, oh, maybe they were connected to. Yeah, like there was a
1: connection or something between like.
0: To their dad or like Loretta Devine maybe knew his, his dad and maybe he was like, yeah, fulfilling. Like maybe this is something that it was always destined for him to be part of this cult or, or something. And no (laughs) she didn't know his dad like that really had nothing to do with it but we do come to find that the dad did practice hoodoo Mm -hmm. and did show him some things and so that to me the dad was there just to kind of
1: just a make, plot device, make, really, to, at that to point. Make,
0: yeah, because the dad was there to make him the character that we see him as. Like, we we know he is the way that he is, and he runs his family the way that he does because of the way that his dad was. But then, so, which, is, which is, I like, like, uh, that makes a lot of sense to me, but the only reason we keep getting these flashbacks is because we need to hear when the dad says, oh, you know, it, it only works if you believe, and, like, kind of give him that little bit of information so that he can use you know that power and and use it against her Mm -hmm. but i don't necessarily think we needed those flashbacks for that i feel like that could have been a passing conversation i feel like he could have just mentioned to eloise maybe said something like yeah my dad because he does he says like yeah my dad used to believe in this kind of stuff and And then if they maybe just had a little conversation about that and then that's how we figured that out. I don't think we needed all those flashbacks Mm -hmm. because just kind of got to be a bit much. And after a while, we were seeing the same flashback again and And again and again. I
1: I really dislike that in films these days where it's like you get the exact same flashback five times in a film. But each time they give you like three more seconds of it. I'm like, it has to be a damn good flashback for me to really (laughs) buy that shit. Because at that point, you're just eating up runtime, like showing Mm -hmm. this over and over. Like, just show me the entire thing all at once later on in the film so I don't have to sit through it like several times. Um, But that, I mean, that's a bit of a personal taste there. I just, I wish that there was a little bit more payoff um, from the whole dad plot line other than like we're saying um use the power of hoodoo to fight back uh which mm-hmm. was fun i thought that when they finally had their hoodoo showdown i, yeah. I it, it was fun to see him also fight fight back using the same kind of magics um i almost kind of wish that there was more hoodoo throughout the film mm. um specifically with the boogities and his boogity in particular I really felt like going into that portion of the movie, especially with all the escape attempts and all that, I assumed that the Boogity would play a much larger role in him not being able to escape. I thought that's what that was the purpose that it was serving, where even if he got away because they have his Boogity, like he would be in trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, and in a way it was a little bit in moments, but I feel like for the most part, it kind of just sat there on the windowsill and just its eyes just moved around, which was creepy. I hated when that happened, but, (laughs) um, outside of that, like, I I almost wish they had used it sooner and a little bit more.
0: That's true. I didn't even think about that, that since they have his boogity, I guess he couldn't have gotten too, too far. Mm-hmm. But I, I know what a, you're there is, saying. There
1: is also when he's, in, I think the second escape when he's at the plane. So if you saw it, but there was like a brief yeah. moment where there was like a boogity in like one of the trees, which I somewhat assumed was how they knew where he was because he went past a tree boogity. So it may mm-hmm. have like alerted them as to where he was. But I thought that that was like a cool, quick little um, touch that they added in.
0: Um, yeah but. i i did see that i thought that was cool too and i feel like that was the first instance where we really saw like oh this is kind of like bigger a big bigger than this thing house. yeah bigger than just this house and i i think i wish we got i feel like after a while i was just kind of tired of the dust like Mm-hmm. I was tired of the dust being blown in people's faces. Yeah, I like thought... that seemed like that happened quite a lot.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I I I agree. I thought there'd be a little bit more variety in terms of what tactics Eloise would use in order to keep Marcus down.
0: Because mm-hmm. I did, and I liked the thing with um, when she fed him
1: oh, his son. His that, son's That hand. that shit had me too. That was the other moment. It was the foot. And then him realizing that he ate his his or what he thought was his son, um, which yeah. I mean it was his son, but like right, I right. think he <laughs> assumed that he ate every little his, bit of his, his son. Dead,
0: yeah, that his son was dead, maybe, and that he finished <laughs> finished him off. I just knew when they closed up, when they did that close up of him sucking on those bones, uh, I was like, I I, mean? I don't know
1: how I didn't see it coming until like we were like right about to reveal it, but. Yeah, I didn't. They they got me with the with the soup. I didn't clock anything mischievous about the soup. Um, boy, I said, was I wrong.
0: <laughs> I just knew. I was like, that's not normal soup, dog. There ain't no way. Or I guess the soup was normal. It was probably just like cabbage and shit. But the meat, whatever meat. Yeah. and then he like
1: pukes up beating. the tat his son's tattoo. I was like, oh, oh. I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad that I honestly did not eat at all while watching this movie because I think I would have tossed out my food if I was snacking.
0: <laughs>
1: this one, I definitely recommend. Unless you got a strong stomach, you may not want to be uh, chowing down while watching this one.
0: Yeah, maybe just not on soup or, like, meat or of any <laughs> kind. Um, but, yeah, we... Like that that's a that was a great moment. And then also I like when he goes down into her little cellar and like he finds the boogity that has that guy's penis on it. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. Just cause. Just cause. <laughs> Just cause. Just cause. I was like, All right, all right. I get it. I mean I guess. Um, but yeah, like those moments I thought were were fun where you kind of got a peek into just the different types of magic and the different things that she was down with. Like, and I, and I, like I said, I did really like that scene where we see her, you know, curing people of their ail- of their ailments by using different animal parts and using their boogities and things like that. I think were fun, but it just... They don't show for anybody who hasn't watched this. They don't show any animals being killed. Like it's it's implied off screen. Yeah, so that's something that you're nice. worried. Which is nice because they show everything else. But if if that's something that you're worried about, you don't see that. And then you do see some some animal bodies later, which ah uh, that was like another fake out that I was kind of like oh. When I was up I the was grades. very
1: fifty fifty on that one. I was like it wasn't the best fake out, but okay, fine. Because I wasn't when he was digging up, I wasn't sure what was in those graves. Mm -hmm. So I can't pretend like I knew that wasn't his family. Like, I can't say I can't say that in full confidence. I
0: I definitely thought it was like I was convinced the whole time that they were dead and that he just didn't you know, would never find the graves until like the very end. Mm -hmm. And so when he dug them up and it was animals, I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) But okay, let's talk about this ending the conclusion that we are left with Mm -hmm. how did you feel i also would like to know what your thought how did you feel about it like that whole thing with the police officer and and him being involved like
1: i so it's like it's one of those things where that bit i feel like you can kind of see coming after a while however eh it was it was so so for me It, it it wasn't here nor there the, at, the, at the end of the day, all of those auxiliary characters didn't do shit. So it's kind of like it's hard to feel a type of way about it. Um, like the, the cop was the one that um, that actually moved any sort of plot forward. So, like, mm-hmm. I'll give it to them for that. But it was a little bit convoluted, too, with that moment after you learn that he's in on the whole thing. The fact that he calls them, he calls the sheriff and then the sheriff comes and then they do this whole um, mm-hmm. kind of fake out of like the, oh, no, I'm up here. Help me. But it's like he wasn't going to help you in the first place. I was like, this, that seems that mm. seems I get what um, you're saying. Yeah, it, it seems after after the fact, it seemed like it was kind of like a waste of time in a way, um, mm-hmm. a bit of like artificial tension, in my opinion, But, um, it makes sense that there would be some community involvement because outside of sacrificing people for this hoodoo magic, she is making other people's lives better. So I understand people wanting to assist and help out with this whole ritual thing. Um, the ending for me was lackluster and I'm not honestly sure why i'm still (laughs) pondering what about it was lackluster outside of this silliness of watching loretta divine fly across a barn on obvious uh obvious strings um i don't know why they went with that choice for the finishing blow there were so many other things that he could have done with that boogity but he chose to hit it with a mallet i was like all right cool (laughs) Oh my god!
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was so much. It was like everything else, because like it makes sense. Like Lewis is setting his in water. Okay, yeah, Yeah, I get that. that. Makes sense. I like that. I like that. (laughs) But it wasn't even because he could have just thrown. Her boogity into a beam, and because then she would have just gotten thrown into a beam. But you're right, the fact that he took a mallet and did a full swing. Could you imagine he missed her boogity the first time and he was like, Oh, hold on? Well,
1: this is awkward. Yeah, it would have been especially awkward too, because I actually enjoyed his little one liner right before he did it, despite how corny it looked after he hit it. I was like, you know what? I think you somewhat earned that one-liner because his his grand plan for surviving the blood moon was pretty good. He he did set himself yes. up pretty well to fight back in that mm-hmm. moment. I'll give him that. So, like, that part he I did. enjoyed. I, I thought that the character was very smart and how they ended up winning in that situation. But I th- you know what it is? It I think it was the antagonist side that was lackluster for me. I felt like they just okay. weren't they didn't have enough
0: presence.
1: <sighs> presence like, kinda it's just like I feel like our antagonists lost enough. so easily once they lost. Does that make sense at all?
0: Yeah. Right, because the issue with it is their power comes from Eloise being able to manipulate the victims using the magic and so then you the without that their biggest threat is lewis and once you get rid of lewis i'm not too too worried about him taking out like eloise it's really kind of
1: a wrap after that
0: right and and also i think the big issue that i i had was because i actually liked the like the Eloise's ending I Actually liked I thought yeah, that her getting good.
1: stuck In the fire and all and mm-hmm. being stuck behind The like the, the hoodoo barrier I was mm-hmm. okay with that, that, that that's right. fine But it just at some point it just Felt too easy right
0: because And I think it's because you Have all these extra characters there Right mm-hmm. and but what are they doing? None of them are doing anything. Eloise keeps ringing the bell, calling them to arms, and they all just are standing around with torches and just looking around, and nobody is making any kind of moves. And I understand that, yes, also they are older and maybe and weren't expecting to have to fight somebody, you know, mm-hmm. at this at this engagement, but at the same time, Eloise is giving them so much that I feel like if they could not live without it, they would try to save, they would try to save her. And so it kind of becomes odd to me that they're all just standing there spectating this situation and I know later on when he's leaving he has all of their boogadies and, yeah. and and he uses that so why didn't I wish they had done that sooner
1: yeah because before it didn't make sense like after yes it makes sense that they're not going to try this man because he has power over all of them mm-hmm. but before he was laying on a table and you just watched him stab a dude and then none of y'all did shit but run like that's all you did there was like thirty of you and one of him. I don't yeah. care how old y'all are, just dog pile on him. You would have won. And,
0: and some of them are young because you see some shots later, and some of them are younger. But it's it's it would have made sense if maybe he had the boogities and he was gonna throw them in a fi- in the fire or something, and so he used that to get them all to back off, or or he had already incapacitated them in some manner, so that really it was just like a Lewis and Eloise versus him type of situation and also dude i don't know what it was but his reuniting with his family didn't didn't strike me in the way that i wanted it to and i think it's because once again they are there and then they are excused for the main battle they are you know he sends them away and then he just reunites with them again at the end it's like once again they don't get a chance to yeah, they don't,
1: do they, anything. They don't do anything. They really just serve as a plot device for his character. And yeah. it just yeah, it really takes away from the from the big moment. You're right, when they get reunited. I felt nothing really. No, just I was I was happy cold. I was happy that the son wasn't dead. I was like, oh that's a nice reveal. Like I was I was okay mm-hmm. with him still being alive. But it just I don't know. It felt bittersweet. It was like, yeah, yeah they won, but like I don't feel I don't feel jubilant or anything. I'm just like, all right, cool, you made it.
0: It's like, I am an empty shell. Well, and I think too, because I actually think it would have been a nice tie up to what they had been worried about earlier, which is that the mom was so worried that they were sheltered and that they were stuck up and that they were just kind of living in their own little bubble. I actually think it would have been kind of nice for them to fight back because it would have been so different from what they're used to and like so different from who they are as people who we've seen them be because mm-hmm. yeah like he fought back and that was something that he he never would have done before he 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 gave in to the violence he gave in to the rage and he used that and he gave in to the the hoodoo and so that's a change for him but as far as his family we don't really ever get that thread tied up i mean we can assume they're gonna be different but i also kind of feel like they're still gonna hate the country and like they're still gonna be (laughs) like you know the people that they are but i don't know i feel like it would have been nice to see them have some kind of like like if if his family had handled all the townspeople while he handled eloise like i feel like that would have been kind of a cool moment
1: yeah or just or just any sort like i would have. I mean, this is a little bit of fan fiction here now, but like if his if his wife had been in on it in some way shape or form, because she really pushed for him to go, right? So like they kind of had enough of a setup that they could have uh, found a way to tie in that somehow she was involved in this to like even push further why she didn't want her family to alienate this part of themselves and stuff like that. like that could have been a cool idea to explore but i think in general they it was a bit of a waste to not use his family more because they could have served so a variety of different purposes but they ended up just being plot devices Mm -hmm. at the end
0: i'm i'm torn on it because i do really enjoy the way that he won i just feel like the victory was not as sweet As I would have loved for it to be, and then we, of course, get a little moment at the. uh, I and I didn't really like the moment when they were all just standing there watching the building burn down. I was like, if y'all don't get the fuck in the car,
1: (laughs) (laughs) don't stop this goddamn kumbaya circle and get out of here
0: and just get into that police car first things first you need to clean that windshield i don't know how that police officer could see through that windshield did you see how dirty that bitch was? <laughs> i even wrote i was like damn that's a dirty window because yeah i don't know how he could see but i was yeah. like you guys need to get in the car clean the windshield off and go i don't know why I- we're sitting here
1: <laughs> also another note before we close up too is um my man did kill that cop like he was fucking black john wick like this <laughs> yeah. man gave him a full-on fatality he's like let me slice both your ankles all right yes. now i'm gonna slice your arms and i'm gonna slice your chest and then one in the th- i was like god damn dude
0: he did like that. i understand you're rich
1: and affluent but when were you in the army like what the fuck
0: yeah i'm like oh did you also take fencing classes and in, in your downtime <laughs> that blood looked crazy it a little loved- bit of
1: Krab <laughs> Magra- or how do you say Crab Maga or some yeah, shit Krab like Maga, that
0: yeah he uh went up ab- like sicko mode on that cop <laughs> <laughs> which yeah go for it but yeah and then we get this Matt one last final moment where we realize because Eloise makes a statement that that she keeps her boogity hidden in a place where nobody can find it but of course we know that Marcus made his own boogity version of her which is what he uses but in the end we see that her boogity is still keeping her essence alive and in, mm-hmm. in some manner and so yeah in
1: true horror movie fashion the old will there be a sequel because can't quite end a horror movie without one of those um most of the times like we say it's usually like a producer thing like they always want you to have one of those just so that the idea of a sequel can be there but you know after seeing it a thousand times you're like oh my god here we go again
0: mm-hmm. yeah it kind of reminded me of the fear street ending how it was like meow, yeah. that like sting, yeah. that musical sting and then something happens and you're like yeah. okay and at this point it's like
1: <laughs> i want to like i want to dock points for it but it's just like it happens so often now that like i've grown numb like, I don't, I don't even know how to feel about it anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that is the the end of it. And and like I said, yeah, we 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 do find out that they were slaves and that they have continued to stay alive by cont- sacrificing people. I guess only when their bodies, because they kept they keep making it. Kind of reminds me of um, skeleton key as well, because like
1: mm, I can see that
0: they they keep making these references to how like old Eloise and Earl are now, and how it's about time they need to get reinvigorated, and so it's alluded that they just continue to go into younger bodies mm-hmm. over and over and over again, um, which is. It's, it's just, it's like one of those things where I was kind of hoping it wasn't going to be that because I feel like I've seen that before. And so part of me felt like, oh, do I already know what this is? And I was kind of bummed that I did when that ended up being it. It was, Mm -hmm. it was still done differently enough that I enjoyed it, but I was kind of hoping it was something else.
1: Yeah. And it. After watching the movie, I did like look a little bit because I was kind of curious as what people felt. And I think that was one of the biggest criticisms of this movie was a lot of people felt that this movie did nothing new. Like it was just, you know, rehash of stuff that we've seen, which I don't disagree with. Like it just takes a bunch of elements from things that we've seen and combines them together. Um, but I don't think it's just a straight up, just like, I have carbon copy seen this movie before. I was like, I do think that they did veer off and do their own thing, just using elements from well-known pieces. Um, so in that regard, I do feel like the internet is a little bit harsh on this movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree. Especially because everything is a rehash or reinvention of something else. It's just what you do with that thing that's important Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm never going to be mad about seeing a similar idea as long as they are clever and at least try to revamp or reuse it in a way that i'm like okay that's cool what they did with it is cool even if i could kind of clock where they were going that's how i Mm -hmm. felt about this i clocked what was going on but i wasn't mad at the execution i was just i was just kind of hoping because it's a mystery this is what i it's what happens when you have a mystery plot half of the movie the viewer is spending solving the mystery Mm -hmm. and the way that the mystery gets solved is gonna make or break their viewing experience because if they spend half the movie trying to solve the mystery and they don't like the conclusion then that sucks and so it's just the the way that these kind of plots are and so I wasn't upset that that was the ending. I was more like I'm one of those people where I don't like I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, I I I figured it out before the ending." I don't like when I do that cuz then mm-hmm. cuz like, yeah, it feels kind of cool, but then I also can't I also like am You lose
1: a bit of the fun.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. you lose a little bit of the fun and then you're and then you're looking at everything that's happening and you're like it, I feel like it's funner when you don't know, and then you rewatch it, and then you pick up on all that stuff. Um, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's it's not that big of a deal, but it is just something that I, I noted.
3: hmm
1: I agree.
0: But that is about it for our spell discussion. What are we rating this out of? <laughs> I uh, mean, boogities. It, it-
1: I was like, "Is there any other option other than boogities? I feel like that's. Uh...
0: I'm afraid there's not. I do. <laughs> I do think we have to rate it out of boogities.
1: Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> um, how you feel? You want to go first? Or you want me to?
0: I can go first.
1: All right. Let's hear it.
0: I'm gonna give this a three point six boogadies. Okay. Out of five. Out of five. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, I I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed the performances. I liked the plot and the plot devices that they use within it. I felt like they were there were some awesome moments in this, and there were some moments that genuinely made me squirm or made me nervous, and I can always appreciate that because that does not always happen. I enjoyed the mystery aspect of it, but at the same time, It kind of was so prevalent in my brain and I was so wondering what was going on that by the time everything got wrapped up, it was a little bit of a meh situation for me. Um, Yeah, there's just certain things that I feel like with the pacing and with the characters and with the conclusion could have been tightened up and maybe could have been worked around a little bit more. But... I I enjoyed it for the most part it was it actually exceeded what I was expecting and Loretta Devine is just a treasure so truly truly 3.6 boogities out of 5
1: nice nice honestly I'm gonna give it the same I I think nice yeah I was in like that realm for this movie but I think yeah 3.6 out of 5 boogities sounds good to me um I in a way, I agree with the criticisms on the internet about this movie of it being something that we have seen before. And it doesn't necessarily um, match up to something like Misery, which is considered an absolute classic at this, to- at this point in time. Um, however, I do still think that people are a little bit too hard on this movie because I think it is an enjoyable ride. I had a lot of fun watching the movie. Um, there were a lot of plot points that I was not able to clock for a long period of time. And for a mystery, I think that is good. Uh, the performances, I thought, from our two main characters was really good. I enjoyed watching them interact with each other. Uh, I agree with you that there were some moments that genuinely made me squirm. And like at this point, it's kind of hard to do. So like I always give kudos if they can, you know, get that sort of A reaction out of me and I think the only reason I wouldn't rate this movie higher is because I do think that there is some plot and writing choices that could have been tweaked and had they been done so we really could have had like a masterpiece of a movie here maybe even on the same level of misery Mm -hmm. had they really leaned into some alternate um direction but the movie that we get it's it, it serves the purpose of what it's trying to do. I like the idea of exploring this hoodoo magic as uh, an antagonist overall. And like you said, Loretta Divine is divine. I loved watching <laughs> her for the uh, length of this movie. And although it isn't the shining beacon beacon of something new, I do think that is it is worth a watch. And it does touch on some very interesting topics, that it was fun to see all in combination and unison working together. So, 3.6 out of 5 boogadies uh from me.
0: Well, there you have it, Homies. Um we hope we put a spell on you.
1: And now and you're ours.
0: Now you really are. Sorry <laughs> about it. So, sorry, sorry to your man, but you're ours now.
1: So. It's all right. We'll treat you right. Don't worry. <laughs>
0: We'll treat you better than Loretta Divine did. In- <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, but yeah, that is it for our conversation about spell. How many of you homies have seen this? And if you have, what are your thoughts on it? We would love to have a little discussion about this movie with you guys. So if you would be interested in letting us know everything you're thinking about it, then please hit us up on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always send us an email. You can email us requests, recommendations, thoughts, or business inquiries. And we are homies of horror at gmail.com. If you want to have an in-depth discussion with not only us, but other homies and possibly have us pick one of your requests um, just randomly off, off the top, um, join our Discord. It's there, it's popping, and we're always excited to see new people in there. Like I said, you will be having conversations with us and also fellow homies about all things horror. So if that's something you're interested in, um, you can find the link for that in our social media bios. And like I always say, Discord is free to join and we would love to see you there. Speaking of love to see you there, hippity hop onto our Twitch if you would like. We stream every single Monday. And therefore, if you are listening to this on the Dare episode dropped on Monday, we will be streaming tonight. If you would like to come and watch us play some spooky games and have some spooky chit chat, then you can also find the link for our Twitch and our Instagram, well, in our social media bios. And last but not least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would go onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or a review. We would very much appreciate it. It helps more people get recommended our podcast within our genre. And we also just like to hear from you, homies, hear your thoughts about the show and what you are thinking about it. So if you have an Apple account and you are able to do that, please hop onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or a review. But other than that welcome to november homies we are so so happy to see you here and hang out with you and keep the horror vibes alive but until next week um yeah we'll we'll see you then and we hope that you guys have a great rest of your week
3: catch you next time homies
0: bye